our phenomenal viewers, listeners, and supporters. I am your host, Brianna, podcast Bree Harris, and I am so excited to be here. If you're a new audience member, we are so grateful to have you. Welcome to another episode of Connected, where we discuss all things mental health, recovery, employment, and stories. During this segment, Connected will be focused on relationships and how to navigate them while dealing with serious mental illness. We will be sharing personal anecdotes, facts, awareness from specialists around the Bay Area. Today's guest is a staple here at the clubhouse. From member to employee, he has overcome many obstacles to reach an everlasting journey of peace. After joining the Peace Corps and spending time at a monastery, John has started to experience some mental health issues induced by isolation. This ultimately brought him back home searching for answers. Having been a member for a decade, John has now made a world of difference within himself and the clubhouse. Please welcome John Coombs. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and like I told you earlier, it's a real honor for me. So thank you for, for, ha for uh, inviting me to do this. Of course, of course, John. I say this every episode. I'm always excited for this episode, just um, to be able to do this and listen to different stories. Your story was very interesting to me. Um, and you just never know the trials and tribulations that a person goes through until you actually sit down and have a conversation with them. Mm. So thank you for being vulnerable enough to be on this podcast and speak. And then hopefully this helps, you know, someone in the future. Okay. Thank you. Right on. So my first question, um, really, I just want to want you to give a like a quick little rundown of kind of what got you here. And I know it was a, an abundance of things. But if you can, can you give us a slight rundown of your time at the monastery and what led to isolation? So um, I spent um, this was back 2009 to 2012. I spent a couple year period um, of my life where I was living in and out of monasteries. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't just one monastery. Um, I started out with Zen, uh, Zen Buddhism. And um, that didn't work out for, I had trouble staying healthy both physically and mentally. Mm. Um, and both both of those. And um, so I moved on to a different kind of a practice and like the Theravada tradition and then I spent a couple, I spent about a year and a half traveling abroad and living in um, Asia uh, and also just kind of in and out of monasteries. But I struggle with mental health issues and physical health issues the whole time, mm -hmm. pretty much. Like it, while it was a really beautiful and wonderful experience, I still had issues with some of those things. And um, one thing I did struggle with is just keeping on enough weight because we would only eat at, at some of these monasteries, we would only eat until afternoon. Oh. So that was an issue with like my physical health, like keeping the weight on. Mm. When it comes to isolation, um, you know, when you're living in a monastery, uh, and not, this is not the same for all of them, but um, the first was Zen, you, 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 there was more of a, it was more of a communal aspect in like everything we did, even meditation, we would sit in a large meditation hall um, and work together and eat together and all that. And um, when I moved to kind of the Theravada tradition, it was more, a little more isolated. You'd sit in a, you'd go and you'd sit in your hut and meditate. Mm -hmm. And then you'd, you'd have the option to eat in your hut alone too. And I'm not, I'm not saying which one was, was better, but um, I think that uh, 
the second practice, the Theravada practice, you're a little more on your own. So if you want to call it isolation, you could, I guess, I think it, um, it's just very conducive to the practice to kind of be on your own and just without distractions. And, and, you know, when you're living in like the forest, there's, you have everything around you, like so much life, you know, mm-hmm. um, just like the plants and, the, you know, and the trees and all that. And then just the animals. In fact, there was this little, um, group of monkeys that would come oh. <laughs> and they would, they would kind of wander around the monastery in Sri Lanka mm-hmm. and, um, they would come and they'd try to steal my food. So I'd go back <laughs> and I, and one time I was washing my bowl out in front of my hut and, uh, they came down and grabbed my bowl and ran up a tree. And then once they realized it was completely empty, they threw it back. <laughs> but yeah, so I had some interesting experiences with monkeys and animals and snakes, kind of close experiences with snakes, mm-hmm. interestingly enough. But, you know, so you're kind of, you're, you're isolated in a sense, but you're also just connecting. I mean, the practice is really designed to where you're connecting with everything around you. And yeah. it's almost kind of like, in star wars or whatever the force you know it's Mm -hmm. like um so it's really powerful um so uh yeah i think that does that kind of answer your question or yes okay yes this is your experience john (laughs) okay okay um i think uh more so you're when you're in those environments you develop a relationship with everything that you're doing down to washing dishes yeah to washing your clothes, going on a hike, because everything is kind of for self. And so, I mean, would you say you had help around, but then for the most part, like things were for self or you had to like do things for yourself? Well, it's mindfulness. Mm -hmm. The practice is really like mindfulness in everything you do and from, um, get from meditation, which is just, is really just kind of a a focus on mindfulness practice, Mm -hmm. um, mindfulness on an object, a meditation object. Right. And I think when I say, and I'm so sorry to cut you off. No, it's all right. I think when I say developing a relationship with the things around you, it's more so like here we have dishwashers or here we have like running water. (laughs) So it's like you're just throwing your dishes in the dishwasher as opposed to maybe going down to the well, getting the water, coming back, scrubbing the dishes, you know, like it's a whole process of things that we might not have experience over here because, because of technology. But once you're kind of surrendered to the, an environment like that, you can practice, practice a lot of of mindfulness and have a lot of those moments where you're just kind of in your head, you know, because you're doing a lot of things, that require more <laughs> yeah. than, than what we would normally do. Okay. Um, and I, that w- that's just my take. But yeah, it's a fair please characterization. Correct me if I'm yeah. Wrong. And and being in mindfulness, I can assume that it's easy to get lost in your thoughts a lot. Yeah. So the the practice is yeah. It's it's not like you go into a monastery and you just you don't think about <laughs> all kinds of different things because you do and mm-hmm. and you're 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 really just kind of watching the mind really and just just where it goes and you're just developing awareness around that mm-hmm. um but you know and these things you don't have to be in a monastery to do these things too i think it's it's the the environment is really conducive to that mm-hmm. but 
anyone anywhere could really practice mindfulness and um um it's just a really powerful tool to just kind of to relate to to life and, and to, to everything around you um and i say that i i'm not always mindful and i think it's harder to do we're humans <laughs> yeah it's harder to do and nowadays but um anyway so yeah okay right on so to kind of spin off of that question, in mm-hmm. your experience, is isolation the norm in Buddhist culture? And if it is, um, how did it differ from like your American traditions? I wouldn't say it's the norm because if you go, if you go and experience like a a, Zen, a, a Buddhist practice center, whether it's a monastery or just like a a, a practice center, um, there's the community is such an integral part, integral part of the the experience like Mm. and relating to the community and like yes i think you're a little more on your own if you're in like a kind of a practice center um especially theravada so to kind of summarize what we have been talking about so it's not just um secluded to buddhist culture but just in your experience and what you went through in the monastery it required some isolation which kind of led you to where you are today am i yeah, I think without that experience of being kind of, in a sense, isolated and kind of being alone and kind of dealing with what I was dealing with in Sri Lanka, especially, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I would have, you know, I, it's, it's hard to say, but I don't. it's doubtful that I would have, you know, had a psychotic break and ended up in the hospital. Um, and 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 on on one hand, I want to say that um, you know, uh, people people have said that a lot of times. Like, do you think you know if if you go to your experience in the monastery, let you know the meditation kind of opened up this? I don't know what is the right word, Pandora's box or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just this, all these things to happen, allowed all these things to happen. And I don't want to give a negative connotation of like meditation and right like. Um, seclusion. I think a seclusion is a better word to use in isolation. Without that seclusion, I probably wouldn't be here today in the sense that, you know, I had the psychotic break, ended up in a hospital there in Sri Lanka, came home. My dad came and got me, brought me home Mm -hmm. to the States, ended up in the hospital again, and then was diagnosed with a mental illness. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say, I would say that, that, without the experience I had there, I I definitely wouldn't be here today having these kind of similar experiences. Mm -hmm. Not similar experiences, like, that led up to how I I live now, you know, so. Absolutely, absolutely. And not trying to give, like you said, any negative connotation to that. It was just your experience and the things that happened, and now you're here at the clubhouse, and you're thriving, so... Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And, um, you know, uh, uh, the clubhouse has just been such a tremendous blessing in my life. And, and, um, all the people that have come through here over the years and, and that I, they met and befriended and, um, it's really kind of scary to think of where I would be without the clubhouse, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I was, just at such loose ends when I came home from um, 
from uh, Asia. And uh, so I, yeah, I'm definitely just really grateful that I, that I found the clubhouse and um, yeah, so. I know after getting back home, you joined a number of organizations or you tried like a men's support group. Um, you also tried a Zen group in San Francisco. Well, so that was after I got back from the Peace Corps. Okay. Yeah, that I joined a men's group for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so this was before I kind of went on this journey of living in monasteries. Um, and uh, the Zen Center, San Francisco Zen Center is what my first kind of experience living in a monastery type environment. Um, and so, um, yeah, so that was, I, and I, that was, you know, I think coming back from the Peace Corps, I was also really like kind of loose ends because I didn't have a job. I had a tough time finding work. And, mm -hmm. um, and then eventually I started meditating and, um, everything it just was such a revelation you know it was like um it was like this just was such a wonderful practice and i thought well i want to continue this yeah and dedicate my life mm -hmm. well dedicate you know it's hard to you know i don't want to say this that i didn't want to dedicate my whole life to it i just wanted to dedicate more time mm -hmm. to the practice and develop that and um and to dive deeper yeah that that'd be more. a good way of characterizing it yeah just like just to see where it would take me and um um so yeah okay so due to you moving around trying to find different orga organizations to help combat your loneliness what was your biggest motivation i feel very fortunate that i haven't had a lot of I don't feel lonely a whole lot a lot of the time. Um, there wasn't like a constant motivating factor, I think. It was just, wow, this is like, this is a good way to live. And I want to try this out. And when I was, you know, when I came back home to Danville and started going to the clubhouse, um, uh, you know, it was like, you know, I was just motivated to to be here. I mean, the clubhouse was like this great place where there was all this great energy and good people and uh, people were so supportive and friendly. And I think that was a motivating factor for me when I started coming to the clubhouse. And, you know, it still motivates me to come now to this day. You know, I just, you know. Um, it's a gratifying feeling. Yeah, yeah, it is. And. You know, it's a mon it's Monday, and so it, or a after a holiday, I admit that I was like, you know, I was spending all this time with my family. It's like I'm enjoying this <laughs> this time off, and I'm like, and then like, oh, I got to go to work, which, <laughs> you know, I was like, just kind of runs through your head. But then you, you get here, and you're like actually engaging with people, and you're like, wow, I mean, you know, and, and the day goes by, and, and you're feeling very, it's a satisfying, gratifying, yeah, mm -hmm. and so. um there's that initial thought of like work, but it's, it's, it's so much more than that. It's like this community. And the, the thing about this community is that it's such a supportive community. And 
Um, and I, and I think I should mention Tamara cause she's been here the entire time I've been coming here since 2012 and she's been kind of the, um, the rock for me. It's just the fact that she's been here the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, and always been so supportive of me. Uh, but and of course it's not just her, it's all, it's the whole community and, um, people come and go and that's life that's life and impermanence and you know which you know um people come and go in life and uh but um i'm so grateful for having having getting to know everyone that's come through this place you know and uh no matter how long they stay and um so um it's just been a real blessing and um so yeah I kind of went off on a tangent there, but... No, it's okay, because it okay. brings me right into my next question. Okay, so, okay. over this past decade, how has the clubhouse positively impacted your life? So, at first, it kind of gave me a place to go, to spend mm-hmm. the day, you know, to spend some time um, doing something productive with my time. Um, and then there, there's the friendships. Um, like, I think some of my best friends, I still... I'm in touch with friends from going back, but some of my best friends nowadays are from the clubhouse. Oh, you know? that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's so you feel connected when you come here with people, and there's 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 something about this place where you um, you're not always hanging out with them or talking with them, but you're working together and you're working together for a common cause. And I think that is very um, powerful and, and it really connects people, connects, you know, it can really, and it's connected me to this place and the people here. And um, so the connection is, is huge and the community. So, you know, um, in, in Buddhist kind of like culture and you have the Sangha, which is the community and the community um, is a, is a part of this, this idea of a refuge. Like you take refuge in the, in the, the Sangha or community. And so um, when you're in a monastery, you have the, the people that come to the monastery and, and support the monks and all that. Mm-hmm. But here it's like uh, the community is just this, it's a support network and it's, it's, and it's a different kind of a support network, but um, so important. And, um, you know, we all, you know, we all support each other. And um, I think um, that, so that's another thing about this, the clubhouse that, um, how it's impacted my life. So, yeah. Come to the clubhouse, become a member. <laughs> Hence yeah. the name Connections House. We make connections um, yeah. through people all throughout the Contra Costa area. Um, well, John, that was my my final question. Um, was there any lasting things or anything else that you wanted to let us know? Tell us, get off your chest before we end this episode. Compassion and kindness have kind of been my compass through all, all of this too. Um, and... Uh, a lot of it kind of initially and still is today compassion and kindness for myself mm-hmm. and and i think 
can go a very long way. Yeah, yeah, and it, um, and then once you once you kind of are able to develop that for yourself, it, 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 I think it's much more powerful when you extend it outward. Mm-hmm. And I think um, just taking care of ourselves, you know, absolutely. And then, and there's a like a quote. There's a quote if you in looking after others, and it's in one of the songs that um, I recently recorded because I do record music on occasion. I have done that in the past, but um, and looking after others, one looks after oneself, and in looking after oneself, one looks after others. Mm. And I think that's so powerful that that phrase. So um, anyway, that's that's all I have to. Sh- that's it. <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing You're welcome. with us and leaving us with that. This has been another episode of Connected. Don't forget to subscribe and share a podcast because we want to get it out to as many people as possible and to be able to uh, spread the message about what we do here at the Connections House. You guys take care and we're out of here. Peace. Bye, everybody. Bye.